Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris here with Actual Eye Podcast. In this episode, Beyond the Matrix, the isness of existence, we are spiraling in ever deeper into the direct experience of the underlying nature of reality. Nothing magical, pure actuality. Matter of fact, yet miraculous nonetheless. To pick up where we left off in our last episode, episode 26, going meta, Buddhist meta, we introduced the Buddhist meta prayer, a prayer designed to instill a sense of goodwill for oneself and others. The sharing of goodwill is especially relevant this time of year. This time we get to demonstrate extra kindness to everyone, to strangers, to our loved ones. We celebrate peace, joy, giving to those in need, to our families and friends. And we dress the world with lights in a way that makes it sacred and bright during a typically more dreary time of year. It's a pretty cool tradition. As we learned through the meta prayer, we wish for good things first for oneself, then for someone close to us, and we widen this goodwill out in degrees from there. From those we love, to our hometown, to a whole city, whole states, to whole nations, and all tribes, to all living beings, to the entire planet, to the sun and thankfulness for its light and its warmth, its growth of the plants in this world, to all stars and bodies we can see, goodwill and benevolent intentions, as far out into the universe as we can imagine, to the infinite, to that ineffable source, whatever term we give it, God, all, the universe, the great mystery, we can remain reverent in our sense of awe, regardless of what we call it, and loving in our gratitude for it. By taking this posture of being, everything can be so much more consistently wondrous. Each meeting and time with our loved ones for which we are present is that much more abundant with joy, with peace, with the depth that we are missing in life, the longing in our hearts for something new, something special that we can use even if only to temporarily cover over these distractions that never quite fill that void. We remain hungry for something and on to the next thing to keep the mind busy and away from itself. And all the while, we are the door to what we seek. In our last episode, we also discussed Ramana Maharshi's reply to the question, how should we treat others? Ramana demonstrates an intriguing posture in his reply. There are 
no others. This can be taken to mean live as if there are no others, as though no one is truly separate from yourself. In essence, this can be seen as another way of expressing the golden rule. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Treat others as yourself. The capital S, self, described in Hinduism. The inner Buddha, for which the term, the name, Buddha actually describes, not the person, but what shined through that person. The all self, which is also consistent with Ramana's self-described experience as he clung to no self-images he had no images or pre-built ideas of others he experienced a sense of unity with all things saw all as interconnected rather than separate Jiddu Krishnamurti shares this assertion when stating that one is not their self-image. We are encouraged to look within and wonder, if I am not my my idea of self, who is the one that has this self-conception? This question invites us to inquire for ourselves so that we may see that we truly are not any of our self-images. We are what has the images. And what is that? Not to get an ultimate answer, as we find it limitless, but to feel into it, to get a sense of it, to to reacquaint with this whole way of being. And as we grow through this realization, we see more and more layers of images dissolve before the light of awareness. And as we see more how we are not these self-conceptions, we cease to see others according to their personages. We see the light of awareness that shines through. And anybody can come to recognize this familiar sense of self underlying everything around us. This most direct, innate, always been here since of self that we've known since we were young it's here right now the very feeling of being alive the sense of time of a moment and this is so familiar because it's always been here you know this feeling it's right here not our thoughts about it but the awareness of being, the awareness of life, of mind in which these thoughts arise. Laden over this most primary sense of self, we all have these filters we perceive through, our different histories, experiences, different challenges, accomplishments and struggles, preferences, styles of interacting with the world. But we all share the same direct experience of awareness that all of this occurs in. And through this, 
the same capacity for suffering, as well as the same capacity for overcoming, for creativity and co-creativity, for partnership, for love, and through love, the same capacity for consideration, for going beyond judgment to understanding and forgiveness. This same sense of awareness upon which our frames of perception are laden over, this that is ultimately empty of features, is as consequence also full of potential. Too full of potential to adequately describe. It's something so vast in its implications, it can never be named entirely can never be encompassed, yet it's something we still dance around and have for thousands of years just the same. We can beat around the bush, though, so to speak, and that's what we do to at least somewhat effectively point towards what no words can say, because though this underlying nature of reality is ineffable, indescribable. It can be directly experienced. This space of awareness remains something we ourselves can experience. And this experience of life and awareness that we share through the knowing of consciousness in this very moment, this is the doorway to the unification of all verses that answers this universal conundrum. Why am I here? What is life? The door is your sense of self, the sense of being here in this moment, right now. Notice the sense of experiencing the moment itself without words, without listing details, but directly, without remark or description. Don't follow the mind's monologue. Beneath, before, pervading the mind's chatter and the body's feelings, and aches beyond the heart's sorrow and yearning. Notice the ever-present underlying spaciousness of this moment. This that is behind all phenomena that appears in consciousness. And stay in this clear awareness and keep returning it returning to it however you are distracted. This is what is meant by being still in Buddhist meditation. More than physically, it means, of course, because you're allowed to move and adjust and be comfortable. It's meant more so for our psychology, for the mind. Be in the stillness. Be the stillness itself. 
And of course, this isn't a command either. It's simply an invitation to a place we can keep returning to. The mind distracts itself. So we patiently notice how it does this and return to the sense of now. Meditation becomes quite enjoyable over time. So stick with this. Notice what remains now. It's clear of features. It's as normal to us as air. So we've easily overlooked. It may seem quite unremarkable on the surface. One might think the feeling of being alive itself. The sense of now. The feeling of being in this present moment. Okay, I get, I get you. And yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. It is extra familiar. So familiar that it might seem mundane on the surface. Normal. And it is. But it's also a paradox. Go into this moment. This sense of being. This sense of now. Delve in and stay with him. Be still with him. Keep returning. Reacquaint with this. Notice over time how depthless, how full of peace. The space of awareness of this very moment that has no ending only delineations we've drawn over it to navigate this sense of what we call time. This continual unfoldment, this ever-blossoming nature of reality, the space from which the explosions that birthed consciousness is perfectly empty of features. It fills this universe with its potential. There is a remarkable aliveness here. And we can even be aware of awareness itself. In fact, this is what we are doing in these self-inquiries. We are being attentive of awareness. Like watching the stillness of a pond and all its reflections. And as we are attentive, we watch the mind and realize its habits. And we make the subconscious aspects of our psychology conscious and cultivate a deeper, healthier relationship with our body-mind and that of the rest of the world. So this is what we came here for. Let us delve into this ever deeper because we are also what watches the watching of awareness. So, together now, what is this thing we call awareness? Let's explore this with genuine curiosity.
because we've never really gotten to the bottom of it. Let's be reacquainted with the deepest truth of our being, rather than waiting to make peace until we're on our deathbed, shall we? Stay with me here, letting all explanations go. See for yourself in this moment, since this present moment's awareness is readily available. Let's see, let's get a sense of actuality and keep returning to this sense of awareness with the intention of the question, what is this awareness? And shine the spotlight of awareness on it to experience it directly. However you are distracted, pay no mind and return. That statement, there are no others. In context with Jiddu Krishnamurti's assertion that we are not our self-images, we merely have self-images, follows Ramana's great question, who am I? Who is the you that has, has the self-image? Let us look together. And if you're not finding anything, you're correct. We can grasp Ramana's suggestion now, maybe a bit better as we realize the actual eye of awareness is void of features as it is the space of pure potential that the awareness of those features arises in and is so perfectly empty that this field of spaciousness has room for everything all potential arises from this space. Every thought, idea, every notion, every emotion we've ever had is seen, is felt by the clear light of awareness. Yet, this clear light remains itself unaffected. This is home base. This ground of being is something we can return to at any time, which is why we practice the meditative arts, to become familiar with this, to be able to keep better tune with this, this that is the heart of who we are. The meditative art of self-inquiry is also known as the direct path. All I wish to add here is a focus from the outset on inquiring with an openness of the heart, a posture of love in the heart, a posture of acceptance to allow for a more heart-centered meditation. You can practice this and partner it with your religious worship, your prayer. You can partner this with your art because you're creating to all interactions. Let life become your calligraphy. 
Have fun with it. The direct path to the mountaintop, though, is also steep. So this does require courage. This requires heart. So do keep the sense of lovingness alive as you inquire within. Give yourself compassion because this can be brutal. (laughs) Release others of the tensions we hold and give them compassion as well. Have that sort of posture so you don't have to think about it. It's just a posture that you're holding for life. And don't judge the thoughts that inevitably arise. Be unconditional in this love. Have no conditions. Allow whatever to come and go as it pleases. What we see for ourselves through this stain with the awareness of one's direct experiences that not only do all thoughts, feelings, sensations, ideas, preferences, and self-conceptions occur within one's field of awareness, we can see that no matter what arises within awareness, it remains unaffected. Nothing fantastic here either. This is quite a simple thing. What I'm trying to point to is that what we most essentially are is, at the very bottom of it, pure awareness. And this awareness is what holds all the things that we experience. Yet the awareness itself just remains aware. It's a perfect mirror, unaffected by anything. And we can be this. We can be from this place. In fact, this is what we most essentially are. Before all these ideas and self-conceptions and frames of perceptions of reality are laden over it. So we can come rather than solely from the so easily bothered ego mind into a full experience of this, an ever more full experience of this over time. And to experience this, even shades of this, is it's quite a pleasant surprise. Akin to the realization of the ultimate sense of relief. To be clear, we can see right now how awareness is devoid of features and let the fruits of that come in their own time. Because if it comes, it's a grace. All right, guys, let's take a quick break here. We're definitely taking a deep dive in this episode and we have a little bit of a ways to go. Subscribe and like the podcast. Be right back. we're back so let's just pick right back up here we can see right now how our most direct experience of self is devoid of features it's the space of awareness that beholds all ideas features everything we experience the sense of self isn't it interesting the feeling of this moment all of these terms 
I'm using are synonymous for the same, for what we're pointing to. Notice the spaciousness of it. It's swimming with this sense of existence, of aliveness, this moment. This is what we are inquiring into with the sense of inquisitiveness. Without the word, that gives you a sense for it. We're honing in, tuning in to experience this moment just as it is. Okay now, what's it like being just the awareness? Dropping self-identity. Just for a moment. You can pick it back up if you want. That's the idea. You know, it's nothing scary. As our minds make it out to be. We're experienced in life just as it is. Just as it presents itself. As the direct experience. And not the minds chattering on it. And we may have the question in our minds, is awareness a mere function of the brain? And is it, is it just that or is it perhaps either or also a direct opening to the substrate that all things exist in, that all things grow from? The underlying nature of reality that shines through this particular organic lens. And that's an age-old question. We've heard described this sense of unity with all things, recorded by survivors of near-death experiences. Abraham Maslow, as we've discussed in previous episodes, experienced his own near-death experience, described a sense of unity with everything around him that persisted until his final death. So, you know, we hear of these religious experiences that people have. Um, they experience it through meditation, through all different kinds of sacred rituals, dancing to ex- exhaustion, chanting, different forms of meditation, so on and so forth, many paths. It may be a feature of the brain. It may be a a feature of reality. Regardless of awareness's origin. It's something we don't quite understand yet. And it doesn't take away from the profundity of being. A self-aware being. Hurtling through limitless space. Coming to a sense of spaciousness and oneness with everything. We study and treat this capacity seriously now, at long last, and I encourage anyone interested once again to check out John Verveke's Awakening from the Meaning Crisis Lectures. You can find that on YouTube, as well as the uh, podcast or YouTube channel Voice Club. I believe that's spelled with one word, Voice Club. 
as well as Rebel Wisdom, also on YouTube. Check these guys out. I do find them to be on the absolute cutting edge of this movement to indeed help awaken from the meaning crisis that humanity seems to be going through to you know, whatever degree right now. It does seem to be happening to, to a somewhat alarming degree. At least I believe that could be argued. But regardless, this dedication to true meditation remains. What I'm hoping we can do here is share these podcasts as a way of reorienting ourselves. It takes a bit of getting used to the idea of dropping our ideas, clearing our frames of perception. So bear with the metaphors. We're kind of spiraling in and spiraling out, shedding old skin, going ever closer, growing towards the limitless. And be however as practical or as uh, grandiose as you see fit. Every moment is already the limitless. As we see it and treat it as such, it is like a cleansing of the lenses, a reawakening for us. When you go through these gradations of realization that can follow these experiences of enlightenment, of under deep, deep understanding of the uh, most primary fundamental nature of reality by direct experience. Cultivating the ability to be still. So we abide as awareness and we do so from our innermost heart from the most essential part of who we are deeper down than anything from what is here right now when we do this we do this with a full embrace of life and come into a natural flow in accordance with everything We can guide this body, this being, our awareness and habits as its guardian angel. And we can cultivate this capacity to be our whole selves the more we are willing to surrender ourselves in every moment. An important side note here, time is less a factor than our degree of self-surrender. How far are we willing to go in giving up our ideas and experiencing life directly without preferences, without expectations, with full embrace? That potential seems to be accessible for us all. Those Olympic moments, those great paintings and and songs and great moments and movies and stories that we love. Our favorite comedians, race car drivers, astronauts, who else? Everybody, mechanics, plumbers, grocery store attendants, 
school bus drivers, everybody gets to experience states of flow, states of merging with the moment and everything going perfectly. Sometimes it's really simple and subtle as it's happening. Everyone knows this feeling. Sometimes it's just you walk outside and it's a beautiful, beautiful day. The sun is maybe setting and the sky is magnificent. Yeah. Everything's just as it should be. Let's dig in here. It can be terrifying to our minds to approach this. So be relieved to know that you can go back to your old sense of self. You're not going to lose anything in this, but perhaps the attachment and expectation that only deepens, exaggerates our suffering of life. So let's dig in. Notice how this most primary, most directly experienced sense of awareness has no distinct features beyond being awareness itself. And let's sense into what is this like and stay with me. What is this? What is awareness like? Sense of being. The ideas of self are the doorway to where we're going with this intention. The mind might reply to the question. That's why we're trying to do this without words. You're getting used to the feeling of doing it without words, just the intention of the question. Who am I? Or what is awareness like? We're trying to get to the sense of self that we all inhabit, that we all experience. And the awareness of it, the brain, of course, can reply to itself and say, it's it's just a mere function of, of me, it's what I do, I'm a brain. But we don't understand exactly how that works. As far as neuroscience is concerned, even the neuroscientists will tell you that they still see their field as in its infancy. So we can go into it directly for ourselves. Firsthand, you can inquire, delve into awareness and feel into it, get, get to know it, into this primary sense of beingness through this technique of self-inquiry. We may share this, the ease of this mode of being by being it whenever we are so graced as to be immersed in it. What a relief it is to discover we are free to grow and change. We are not our self-images, the thoughts that haunt us. We don't have to believe our thoughts. It's just the mind of practicing language and trying to protect itself (laughs) in with all kinds of absurd ideas of what it might have to defend itself against just because that's what it does. It tries to look at potential dangers in the future and, uh, wow, 
get used to not believing everything the mind thinks because it's <laughs> it's just rattling on. We're its guardian angel. And what a space this creates around all the mind's thoughts. How much quicker we can be at catching them. You can see how each thought arises, where it comes from. How much quicker we come to realize we don't have to believe them. We can correct them, but even then, we're just correcting thoughts which have no substance anyway. Just a brain practicing language, trying to keep itself company, justify itself, defend itself. Far from love and appreciate itself, so that it can stand on its own two feet, so that it can face forward, go through this world with a sense of freedom and peace, only available, only appreciated, having committed to discovering this for ourselves. So I, I can only encourage this invitation go through that door and let us keep unraveling the old stories. We don't have to destroy them. We see past them and their hooks to us dissolve and we can appreciate them for however they are and see ourselves holy. For here life is richer, more sane, less stressful, and a deeper, truer prayer is possible. All right, guys, I'm going to take off now. Thank you all so much for listening. There is more to this inquiry, and we'll pick up where we left off in our next episode. I had the idea of calling this Beyond the Matrix, the isness of existence. Part three of our season of giving. Once again, thank you all for being here. I hope you like and subscribe to podcasts and share with those you think might find this helpful as well. We will be that change we wish to see in this world. And we will change this world from the inside out.